Good afternoon, good evening, welcome back to episode three. Devin, we are here. I'm joined with my very good friend. Woo! It's me, Devin Hunt. Devin I'm Hunt back is back. Three. It's me, also your host, <laughs> Dylan Field. We're officially live, everyone. So um, thank yeah. you so much for uh I'm sure if you if you're listening to this podcast right now, you've seen either an Instagram post or some story reshare mm-hmm. about this brand new podcast. Uh and uh we're we're officially live. The first two episodes are out. Devin, yeah, I dropped this Wednesday. How do you feel? Or Thursday. Thursday. When we they dropped it Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, we did. You're right. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a good point to bring up because Devin and I yeah. have been trying to get this out. <laughs> this podcast out for like, for like two weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> it's just taken forever of figuring out. Yeah. We're pulling the curtain Scheduling back a little bit, times. but like getting us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and yeah. like trying to get a logo down. It's just we're iterating and we're figuring this yes. out. <laughs> we got it though. It just I was on set too. I was doing overnights for like four week, four days, and I was very tired. But we finally did it. We did it. We we, we did it. I know the theme music needs work. I'm working on it. Hey, honestly, <laughs> hey Devin, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not just blowing smoke here. I got a few texts people saying that they really like the music. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. So I'm proud of you. Honestly, the music is such a great start because it's like, oh, this it's is fun. yeah. I was like, I'll do the techie vibes. I need to cool that bass though. That bass goes <laughs> a little too hard. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. okay. We're showing yeah, some yeah, love yeah. to like our Chris Nolan trailers yeah. out there. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Some Inception exactly. bombs. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, um, but yeah. yeah. So uh, we're we're back. Episode three. Um, as a top line for today's podcast, everyone. We're gonna be going another news roundup of all the big stories from this week. Uh, we'll be breaking down Moon Knight episode three. Uh, and then we'll be talking about um, some of the things that we saw this week. And uh, lastly, we'll answer another question. And if you want to uh, ask a question or you know submit a topic to Franchise Dressing and you want Devin and I to talk about it, maybe shout you out on the podcast, reach out to us at Franchise Dressing. That's F-R-A-N-C-H-I-S-E-D-R-E-S-S-I-N-G at gmail.com. That's Franchise Dressing at gmail.com. And we would love to have you uh, and have your question on the pod. Please send us questions. We want to answer them. We would love, love, love to answer those questions. So, Devin, uh, Mm -hmm. what we're doing this week, which is pretty fun, is that I've actually hid some news and some headlines from you. Because I just wanted to give you the the full... I want to give you the full take. I get surprises. Yeah, we're going to get a little (laughs) surprise. Um, Let's see here. First, we'll we'll touch on the most uh, Marvel-centric news, which is super exciting, Devin, is that Iron uh, Ironheart, this is Riri Riri Williams, uh, Mm -hmm. they have found their directors for the show, for the Disney Plus series. So uh, the show is going to be directed by Sam Bailey and Angela Barnes, uh, and it's actually going to be produced by Proximity Media, which is Ryan Coogler's production company. Okay. Um, So uh, Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart in the comics debuted uh, about like I want to say six or seven years ago. I think it was 2016, and she mm-hmm. is a college student. I think in the MCU, she's going to be an MIT student who built her own suit, uh, her own Iron Man style suit in her own dorm room. She's one yeah. of the smartest characters in the Marvel mythos and in the comics at least, because 
spoiler alert for a Marvel podcast for Avengers Endgame for three years ago, but Tony Stark is dead in the MCU <laughs> yeah. continuity. But in the if you didn't know yet, if you didn't know yet, this is an awful way to find out. But uh, so in the comics, Tony Stark starts bankrolling her in her um, her operations. Yeah. She initially starts as Iron Man and then gets her own title as Iron Heart. Um, mm-hmm. Dominique Thorne from Judas and the Black Messiah is playing oh, cool. the role of Riri Williams, and she's actually going to be debuting this year in Black Panther Two, also known Black, also known as Black Panther: Wakanda oh, Forever. Ironheart's going to be in that. She's going to be in that. That's confirmed. That cool. I that read cool. that in the trades, and that's really when does yeah. So when does Ironheart come oh, out again? Like compared to Black Panther, um, we there's no date yet for Ironheart. The show was mm. announced at the 2020 December uh, Disney December Disney yeah. Plus like Investors Day. So that was the same that. day they announced Don Cheadle in Armor Wars, and they also announced yes. Secret Invasion that day as well. Mm. Um, so it's still undated. I'm pretty sure the show is going to be coming out in 2023. Um, okay. But it's also being produced by, of course, our main trio. That's Kevin Feige, uh, Victoria yep. Alonso, um, Louis Esposito, Nate Moore, yeah. and Zoe Nagelhout are also producing, which is going to be super Fun. exciting. Awesome. Um, I'm, It'll be interesting. It'll be cool to go back into the Iron Man world. I mean, I'm very curious on how they're going to deal with it. Because the thing is, is that we've already had like two children mentors for Tony Stark. Yeah, we had Harley in Iron Man 3, which kind of, yes. he came and went. We saw him at he the He was kind of Riri Williams for a hot second. Yeah. Like... In a weird way. Um, and that character and preceded, because yeah. I think Iron Man 3 came out in 2013, and then Riri came out in the comics only oh, like three years later. Uh, hmm. Yeah. And then you were saying for the second one? And then we have Peter Parker, Peter obviously. Peter Parker, obviously. Yeah. So I'm very curious, because I mean, obviously, I'm, I, they're not, they're, they're going to have to change that whole line of her, like, you know, being under Iron Man, because, you know, Iron Man's kind of dead. Yeah. So, like, is she just going to be, like, a big fan that builds this suit? And then maybe, like, oh, is Happy going to come back? Is Happy going to be That's a great question. Is Happy Hogan going to be here? Oh, Are we or what see if Don they bring Cheadle? back Pepper? Huh? Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts Pepper Potts. The that's a great idea. It could still be the Stark, fa- like, um... Yeah, Stark family. The Stark family, the Stark Foundation is still bankrolling mm-hmm. her. And they realize that maybe in a world without Iron Man, we you need someone to don the suit, to, to don the iron armor. Yeah. And, you know, fill that void. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see this. Um, Proximity Media has also been producing the Creed movies. Uh, they did Judas and the Black Messiah, which is phenomenal. And I just rewatched mm. uh, Black Panther recently. I love that movie. It's it's really is. <laughs> it's just so good. I'm, I'm very excited to see yeah. Black Panther Wakanda forever later this year. Another piece awesome. of news this week that was honestly a little sad. I actually I, I audibly gasped was the um, the passing of the late Gilbert Gottfried. It's um, crazy. Yeah. He was the voice of Iago and Aladdin. I grew up, I probably watched the Comedy Central roasts like way too young, but like I, I definitely watched them. And he was all over the Joan Rivers roast. He was on the roast of David Hasselhoff. He was also mm. on the roast for Donald Trump back in the day. Like yeah. Gilbert Godfrey is one of those most, one of the most iconic voices in the industry. Yeah. When you th- like, I feel like so many people do his voice as like impressionists. Yes. Yeah. Like that's like a, such a thing. It, it's sad. It, no, literally like it's, I don't know. It was, when I saw that one this week and he's only 67, which is so young. Yeah. So, um, rest in peace to that. Um, but, Shout uh, out to his family. Yeah. I hope they're doing all right. Uh, moving on to our next piece of news. Devin, when was the last time you saw a national treasure movie? Yo, 
I saw that. I, I that's I not in a long time, but I that is one of my comfort movies. I go back to National Treasure more often than I like to to admit. No, and that's honestly like National Treasure. I remember watching the second one. I think my junior or senior yeah. year of college with friends again, and I'm like, this it, it is. I get so much nostalgia from that because those movies were yeah. like what, 2007, 2008, I don't 2009, remember. something like that. You know. And so like I just remember. Yeah, yeah, we're we're young kids, and this is fun, family friendly, like action adventure movie. It's like. Obviously, I don't want to put them in the same category as like a Raiders of the Lost Ark because those movies are cl- like no, yeah, those are like groundbreaking, groundbreaking cinema. But you got, you, but you got Benjamin Franklin's glasses. You got you got all this cool stuff. You got the Liberty Bell, the Liberty Bell, and there was that iconic <laughs> moment the in the National Treasure movies with the lemon juice, and it's like he's yeah, like finding the on secret the declaration. Message. Oh yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, so Justin well, Bartha, like awesome. who played Riley Poole in the National Treasure movies, it was announced this week that he will be reprising his role as Riley awesome. Poole. He's like the the computer expert who helps uh, yeah he's like the kind of yeah the, 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 like the third guy yes yeah, so, yeah so there's gonna be a disney plus series for national treasure and awesome. he's gonna be reprising his role for that is nick cage coming back is that been that i i not? believe that they are in actually in development for national treasure three um so oh, i think he'll be attached to that one but i don't know what so this the status is like a of that spin-off is. national treasure that being said i think they are already are filming the national treasure series interesting yes huh. uh so hmm. moving on uh let me pull up here. Devin, this week, uh, we actually got the announcement that Brie Larson is going to be joining the cast of um, Fast and the Furious 10. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, interesting. They're making another one. <laughs> so I, th- th- This is confirmed to be they're, they're doing a part, a two part finale. I don't think it's going to be like oh, a damn. Hunger Games style or like yeah. part one, part two. It's going to be a 10 and an 11. Um, wow. But... You know, family. family. In terms of franchises, <laughs> regardless of what you think of the oh, no, of the yeah. movies, they have like it's been nine films. The first it's Fast crazy. and the Furious movie, the plot of that film, where they were like height, they were like uh, hijacking and trying to get like driving. CDs. Like they were literally like yeah, they were just racing. Yeah, they were just racing, <laughs> and it was about like under like underground uh, driving. But like they were like literally yeah. like trying to get. Uh, like CDs, it's just so funny There's to see like the full right. circle. But now they're in space. It's crazy. Did you see the last one? So Did you see okay, nine? truthfully, I've not seen nine yet. That being said, on the note of Fast and the Furious, I saw yeah. um, that Fast Nine is on HBO Max, and I'm like, okay, I, oh I totally yeah, yeah, it just this. came out. I'm definitely gonna go back. It's and an interesting it. one. It's it's one of those ones that like. There, it's, it's it's fun to check back into that movie and be like, what the hell is going on in this movie? Like, there's there's a part where they swing a car across like a ravine, like like, and then they go into space and they're like, how are we in space? And they're like, we don't know how you're in space. It's very meta in that way. It was an interesting. Hey, one. at this point, I feel like they're they're just like doing, like they're 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 they're, they're just seeing how far they can go. They're seeing how far <laughs> they can go, but it's also like that scale of stakes, kind of like with Dragon Ball, yeah. of like, okay, all right, yeah, we, yeah, okay, yeah. so we've done magnetized vehicles and like a giant <laughs> safe being attached to the back of a car and cars jumping from buildings in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Wh- where can you go next? They do submarine and like the Arctic. Okay, uh, space. Like, <laughs> yeah, is Fast up, Eleven was, gonna be the end game time travel movie? Is my key? Like, <laughs> like, how are they gonna do oh that? Oh my! <laughs> if they go back in time. Oh uh, my god, they go back and like who doesn't Vin Diesel's brother's character die? Is that that's gonna be how he comes back? Or I, something dude, like I don't know. It seems like every movie Honestly there's so many there's so much. Because John Cena that. played his brother in the last movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I truthfully I gotta see the film. It seems like there's a new family member that comes out every movie. And there's that yeah. classic it's the family now, grows. It's that classic trope now of like the villain of the the, the last movie who could be like a serial murderer, right? And then, yeah. and then like he like they have a 
a change of heart and they become part of the family. And now they're part of family. It's like, what? This guy literally killed so many people in the last movie <laughs> and now they're drinking Coronas together. Whatever. It's interesting. Um, next piece of news. This movie I'm, I'm getting very excited for. So hmm. Emma Mackey from Sex Education and Will Ferrell board Greta Gerwig's uh, Barbie. So Greta Gerwig, she directed um, Francis Ha. She directed... Um, Lady Bird, yeah. she directed Little yeah. Women a few years ago, and now uh, Greta Gerwig's partnering with, uh, it's a co-write with Noah Baumbach, and it's being produced by Warner Brothers and Mattel, mm. uh, and it's being headlined by, um, it's being, by Margot Robbie, I don't know, I've liked on that for a second. Oh, okay. So Margot Robbie's so going to be playing Barbie, but um, you know, Emma Mackey, who looks just, she looks very similar yeah. to Margot Robbie's in it, Will Ferrell's in it, and then they also announced yesterday... Kingsley Ben Adir, who played Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, who oh, also cool. just got cast in Secret Invasion a while back ago. Mm-hmm. Emerald Fennell, who's the director of Promising Young Woman. Scott Evans, who I believe is Chris mm-hmm. Evans' brother and Rhea Perlman were cast. Yeah. Uh, the movie's also going to feature Ryan Gosling, America Ferrara, Saoirse Ronan, and Simu wow. Liu. This is a stacked it's cast. It's a stacked cast. Like, what is this movie going to be Wait, about? Wait, what's it about? Is it like, is it about like the Barbie dolls? Is it like a historical fiction thing? Or is it like actually about like Barbie as if she was a person? I think it's the latter. I, I, and I, I really, really don't know, but it might be something of like, kind of like Elf where like, it's like fish out of water and Margot Robbie's what? playing a Barbie. I don't know. So I truthfully have no Barbie idea. Barbie doll come to, wow, that would be so interesting. I feel like we haven't gotten like a magic realism thing like that in a real We haven't. And with this cast and with this writing duo and with Greta mm-hmm. Gerwig's previous work, like I watched Francis Ha during the pandemic. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Lady Bird's one of my favorite movies ever. Lady, so. Lady Bird's phenomenal. Um, yeah. So time will tell. The movie's going to be coming out in 2023. Cool. Uh, it's currently undated, but it's going to be coming out next year. Exciting mm. to see, you know, when they start filming, you know, what, uh, what they start, like, you know, promoting for that. Interesting. Okay, next piece of news. This is the one I wanted to withhold from you because uh, I know okay. you've uh, grown up watching a little bit of Riverdale. Am I wrong? Oh, a little bit. Just a little I've bit. I've seen some Just, of it. I've seen, like, the first two seasons. Yes. I saw it when his dad got shot. That was where, where I I saw. think I stopped <laughs> around the same time as you. But KJ Appa, yeah. who plays Archie yeah. Riverdale, and yeah. Isabel May have just been cast to star in The Wonder Twins. Whoa. On HBO Max. I can understand that. That makes sense. So The Wonder Twins, they debuted in the Hanna-Barbera cartoon uh, Super Friends, uh, the all-new Super Friends Hour. And that was also with Batman and Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. It was super cheesy, super campy, but it was a fun kid show. And these characters came out of nowhere. So The Wonder Twins, uh, for those who don't know, totally okay, because this is like we're doing deep cuts now. This is, uh, there's Zan and Jaina, and they're a fictional extraterrestrial twin brother and sister superhero duo. Uh, so they both have different powers, and they activate their powers when they touch rings, and they say, Wonder Twin Powers, activate. Okay, <laughs> so I'll start with the sister. Jaina can transform into any animal. So kind of like mm. Beast Boy, but like, she's yeah. more like, it's less like green transforming and more like instantaneous, yeah. like very magical, very cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then Zan, the brother can transform into any form or state of water. So water, ice, <laughs> like, wait, why? <laughs> like fog. Why is that? Why are those the two powers? I didn't know that. Yeah. Why, why yeah, water so and animals? That's so weird. It's, it's strange. <laughs> they also have a pet monkey named Gleek. Um, oh, who, what like, can Gleek do? Gleek, yeah. He, I think he, he's got like a, he can have super strength with his tail. But the thing oh, is, <laughs> just his tail, only his tail. I think so. I gotta do some. I gotta do some more due diligence on this. Interesting. The, the thing is with the Wonder Twins is like, I I saw them in the Super Friends show on like Boomerang growing up when I'm a kid. Yeah. But they've been for a long time kind of like more of like a meta joke. Like 
I know sure. back in the day I used to love the Nether Realm Injustice video games, like one and two. <laughs> and the main developer yeah. Ed Boon would like make April Fool's jokes that the Wonder Twins were coming to the game, like they were joining the <laughs> roster. Uh, that would be crazy. Yes. You can like turn yourself into water. Yeah, I need to tag as a puddle. Well, time, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but apparently there's a new run more recently in the comics from DC from the Wonder Twins. That's fun. It's mm. like really oh, like cool. hilarious. And they kind of like is meta and they understand what they are and like they get the camp. Cool. That's fun. So it's almost like they're doing like another Peacemaker type thing, but just like not James Gunn. Just like I'm, and I'm pretty sure similar. the writer that's attached. Let me check. There was this article yeah. was reported on the rap, but Black Adam mm-hmm. writer Adam. Oh, I'm going to pronounce. Oh, it. I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Uh, Sitzkeel, I believe, is set to write and direct mm-hmm. the project. So cool. What I, what I will say is I'm excited to see the Justice Society of America and Black Adam. Very curious. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like Warner Brothers likes the direction of Black Adam if they're bringing the writer on for another DC project. Yeah. More. Hmm. I want more DC content in general on HBO Max. I love yeah. Peacemaker. So just some more awesome live action stuff. I think they're doing a smart route for it. I think they're doing it right. I agree. I think they're on a they're on a good they're on like a we got knocked down real hard and now we're like we're gonna come back gradually and like you know take our time with it, which I which I appreciate. I think that's what they really needed to do. That is honestly Devin a perfect transition into the next article that I want to read to you because what we talked about last week is that Warner Brothers and Discovery officially merged, um, so they're mm-hmm. now known as Warner Brothers Discovery as one mm-hmm. con- one like sole uh, entertainment entity. And the previous Discovery CEO David Zaslav um, is now the CEO of the entire the, the full merger. Wow. And so he said this was an exclusive from Variety this week. That insiders say that David Zaslav believes that the success of the merger uh, and one that has left the company highly leveraged will rest in no small part on unlocking the full potential of DC Comics universe of characters. Now, here's the quote that really is interesting. Discovery insiders believe that although DC has achieved cinematic success with recent films such as Aquaman and the Batman, it lacks a coherent creative and brand strategy. Discovery mm. believes that several top shelf characters, such as Superman, have been left to language languish and need to be revitalized. They also yeah, they, and they also believe that projects like Todd Phillips' Joker are a shining example of how second build characters from the DC Library should be exploited. And they also say Margot Robbie's Harlequin is another example. So this is really fascinating to me because, truthfully, again, like. I, I, of course, I've, I've been like a Marvel guy growing up, but I, I've read so much DC as well. I've played a ton of the Arkham video games, but I, yeah. I do always like I, I defer to you for DC stuff. I know you have the larger yeah, background in terms of comic book stuff. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I think that's I think it's interesting. I'm not sure if I agree about like I love what they're doing with the weird DC stuff right now, because I feel like we get we're getting a lot of the conventional superhero stuff with Marvel and the niche that they can hit with DC is that is because they're if we do like Superman and Batman mm-hmm. and all that stuff, it's always going to get compared, right? People are always going to like watch sure. that and com- try and compare it to Marvel. That's what's going to yeah. happen. But something like Peacemaker or like the Wonder Twins, which are these really small off branch ones that aren't as serious and like don't play like as like global as a lot of Marvel stuff does. Yeah, I think is a really fun direction for them. And I mean, like you can still like do that with like the bigger characters, but like. Like, I don't, I mean, like, it wouldn't be, like, the first thing we get, but, like, it would be cool to get, like, a Gods and Monsters movie that was live action, mm. which is, like, a really great animated one that they have. Or, like, um, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of, I don't think they should just spearhead straight to the big the big league again. Yeah. I hope they don't do that. I kind of hope that they work their way up there. Like, if they start, like, hint, like, the league is, like, a part of the world, but, like, I love that in Peacemaker, where the league was, like, everyone knew about the fucking league. Yeah. Or, sorry. Everyone <laughs> knew about the league. And, <laughs> and, uh... 
and it was but like everyone was still like it was just like normal it yeah, was like it was, it was like part of the world talking in the same it. way that like yeah. sometimes like they you'll reference the avengers in a marvel studios disney plus show but like they don't need yeah. to be there but like if yeah, the, exactly. if the justice league exists and if superman exists then in a peacemaker mm-hmm. show you can have a one off joke about superman because he's in the yeah. universe and that was great and he doesn't need to be yeah. in every episode of everything yeah what yes. i will say is that like I'm glad that they really did name drop Superman because mm-hmm. even though like well first of all he's the original superhero like the, yeah, and it seems true. like he is a very difficult character to crack because of yeah. his power level and his scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like, we have mutual friends growing up who are huge Superman fans and frankly I I've read a lot more Batman than I've read Superman. Apparently I think All Star Superman is one of the better runs. All Star Super Oh man, that 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 movie too is quite I got to check that All-Star out. All Star Superman. Do you know what that one's about? No. So All Star Superman is a so Superman gets his power from the radiation from the sun, yes. right? Yes. And in All Star Superman, he flies like super close to the sun and absorbs a ton of radiation and it basically makes him like he can lift like 500 tons or something. Like, okay. He's crazy. So his power levels strong. get like Okay. Yes, but it they they basically fry his like DNA, all the radiation from the sun, and he has like two weeks to live. Oh, and so he's going to die, and so he like it's basically like Superman's like last two weeks. Okay, and it's 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 pretty, or I don't even remember. It might be only be like forty eight hours, but he does like a whole bunch of different things that are like really cool, and like you get to like yeah, it's an interesting it's it's interesting because it's a death. It's basically a death of Superman without him getting beat up by Doomsday. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's a hell of a pitch. Yeah, right there. it's it's a good um, one. I mean, that was the movie. I haven't read the comic for that one. Okay, but yeah, it seems like usually DC animated movies are at least somewhat faithful to to the source material. Yeah, and they're yeah they're, they're pretty good for the most part. And that's another thing in general, like to speak on like the a lot of the like a lot of the positives of DC is that their animation game is unparalleled. Oh, so good. Like uh, there yeah. have been maybe some more recent ones that haven't been as hot, but like yeah. growing up DC Killing animated movies okay. that were phenomenal. Like in yeah. Marvel wasn't doing that. Like mm-hmm. they could also be adult uh, and like have very like mature themes. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just remember growing up and like, uh, oh man, I, I think it was like new frontier, the justice league, yeah, uh, New Frontier. You have like they did Crisis on Infinite yes. Earths. They did Crisis on Two Earths, which are some of the most famous stories. Under the Red Hood, um, they had and then they the did Red Hood Red Superman. Yeah. Uh, more more yeah. recently, they did The Long Halloween as a two part um, two movies. Yeah, yeah, that one's uh, and that's a, one of the most classic Batman runs of all time. Mm-hmm. So, in general, back to this discovery thing, I, it's just very interesting to see um, yeah. where this shakes out with new management and new direction, uh, because like truthfully more great content mm-hmm. like in more good stories that are like people who just understand these characters while i don't need superman and everything it'd be nice to see more superman again because it feels like they're yeah. especially like following a lot of like snyder fans online mm-hmm. and i don't even want to get into that whole thing right now because that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole thing but i i do have to say that henry cavill is a perfect casting and it's it, it really yeah. seemed like there he didn't get a lot of opportunities to really shine so our last piece of news before we dive into moon Knight is fantastic beast is officially opened here in the domestic box office Mm -hmm. uh it opened uh this past weekend and right now there are projections to 40 to 45 million dollar weekend it got a b plus cinema score the same cinema score as the second one last week on the podcast i did say i was going to try to watch it i'm seeing it with some harry potter heads uh, and that they're out of town this weekend so i'm going to be trying to see it monday tuesday i'd love to talk about it in like a non-spoiler way next week um, sure, sounds good to me. But uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, well, how much did they? How much? Did, how much did, did they make it for? Probably a lot more. I'm gonna throw million, out. Right? I I have no idea, but the usual ballpark for something like this is around like two hundred million dollars. 
Um, if I do a quick deadline I'm box office, because it also opened internationally the week prior. Um, uh, I see. So 40 to 45 million uh, box office opening weekend. It's a little tepid. It's a little soft. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I, I think it's a 200 million. It's a, yeah. According to the Hollywood reporter, $200 million movie. Mm. Uh, and it made 6 million on Thursday previews made 20 million on Friday. Interesting. And yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that like, I like freaking love Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, he was, he was in a movie a few years ago called, um, another round, which was this, uh, really good international film about like teachers who like drink during the work day to see how <laughs> having a little bit of an elevated blood, blood alcohol content will improve their lives, both professionally and socially. And it's such a beautiful film and he's such a good actor. And so like, I don't know that that's all for fantastic beast. I don't, I want to bring anything else up about it, but, um, it is a really cool magical world. And I feel like Harry Potter for especially like people and like kids our age, I use the term kids for yeah. like 22 going on 23 young adults, young adults, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like we, that was really so foundational for a lot of people's yeah, childhoods. That's very true. And so I, 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 I there's still so many opportunities for stories to be told in that universe. Yeah. Um, and time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. Time will tell. Okay. Uh, hello everybody. We're moving into Moon Knight discussion. Uh, so this is Moon Knight episode, episode three, three titled The Friendly Type. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin, this was directed by Mohammed Diab, uh, who also directed the Back first from, episode. Yeah, first this episode, was written right. uh, by Bo DeMeo and Peter Cameron and Sabir Pizzotta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just looking at a few credits. Bo DeMeo wrote The Witcher. He had writing credits on The oh, Witcher. Cool. Uh, I think he was in the writer's room as well as the Witcher Nightmare of the World. Peter Cameron was in the mm. writer's room for Carnival Row and also WandaVision. Uh, and then, awesome. Um, and yeah, so moving into the plot, uh, before we discuss, you know, you know the, the themes and everything. So uh, the episode starts with uh, Layla heading to Cairo. Devin, you want to like, yeah, you want to see us up? Sure, yeah, plot? I'll walk us yeah. through. I'll watch us through this episode. So it starts off with Layla heading to Cairo and she's like, getting a fake passport mm-hmm. made. And this first scene's kind of interesting because it's our first kind of like insight into her life. And we understand that like her dad is, was an archaeologist. She spent her life, she's from Cairo, I think, or at least from Egypt. Um, and she spent a lot of time in archaeological sites. Yeah. And we understand that she's like, we also understand that she's kind of like a, a what do you call them? Uh, she's a thief. She steals uh, ancient artifacts and stuff. Like I got that. very like and, Nathan like, Drake vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Total, or like, yeah, she's like Nathan Drake or uh, what's what's the character's name? Um, Nick Cage uh, from National Angelina Jolie, oh, Angelina Jolie plays her. Tomb Raider. Lara oh, what, what, Croft. Tomb Raider. Yeah. yeah, Lara Croft. She's like Lara Croft vibes. Um, very cool. I mean, the, I like that first scene. We, and like she's eating a marshmallow. I don't know if you noticed that. I was like, that was, that's an interesting choice of a snack. But besides the point, uh, then we go to Cairo and we're following who we, who we at this point think is Mark Spector. Mm-hmm. And he gets into this fight with knives. Um, we'll talk about that knife fight because that knife fight was interesting. Um, and so, uh, and yeah, so he gets in this knife fight. He's trying to find out where Harrow is so he can get the scarab. Um, and it, this, then he, then, uh, Steven comes out and stops him from, from killing the guys with the knives. But then all this weird stuff happens and we kind of get a weird set note where both, where all of the guys that they were trying to interrogate are dead and both Steven and Mark don't know who killed them. And so that, I want to bring strange. that up later. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later, and, definitely. And at, um, and at this point in the episode is when Conchu starts talking to Mark or Steven, yeah. and that there's going to about to be, like, a hearing of the gods. Yeah, basically. So, yeah, we, yeah. tee us up on, on this hearing, because I'd love to, like, stop and talk about the hearing. Yeah, so Mark is like, okay, how do we stop this? And Conchu's like, 
well, let's try and call the Ennead, which is like what they call yeah. the group of the Egyptian Think gods, like the Greek right? pantheon and, or like, yeah, yeah so this yeah. is the collection of the, the, Egyptian the, the biggest yeah. deities in the Egyptian pantheon. And so Khonshu disappears, which also we need to talk about because I don't know if you'd check that animation when he disappears. We hadn't seen that before. He like swirled away, right? No, 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 no. He disappeared in the same way, at least from what I saw, that looked like the same way that Ant-Man and them go minimized. Interesting. I think maybe I'm wrong, Conchu but when I first realm? watched, I was like, "That's what I'm." That's well, the, he goes to the outer realm or whatever it is. The and overvoid, if we're talking right? About, like, the overvoid. Yes, yes. On the overvoid. And if we're talking about how like there are universes within the micro universe, whatever the hell it, it's called, that Ant-Man goes into. Remember, there's like there's that's where like the uh, there's that castle in there or whatever the that we saw. In, yeah, yeah, the microverse. Why does the overvoid? exists through that as well. I don't know. I just thought that was super interesting. Um, but besides the point, they call the Ennead and they have a meeting of the gods and uh, they like, we get to meet all these other gods. It's just super we, cool. And we, we see meet, the like, avatars. Yeah. So list off, I wrote them out here for yeah. you, Devin. List off. Yeah, we see. we see. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher some it's of okay. these names. Um, we see, we see Horus. We see, I think it's, 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 I think. Yeah. It's yes. Yeah. And then Telmut and then Osiris and Hathor. Um, who are all different gods. And also, I don't know if you knew this, but I was also, Hathor was a super cool introduction because she's connected to the panther god from Black Panther. I didn't know that. Um, oh, wow. Yes. And so they're all, all, all of them, Khonshu, Hathor, and I forget the panther god's name, are like cousins or something like that. There's like, there's like a relationship between them. So introducing Hathor was interesting because a lot Hathor, of people Sekhmet. That she might, I'm, I'm looking at the Marvel yes, database. Sekhmet. Yeah, and it's 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 rumored that sec- that she might play a part in Black Panther too. Now that they've fascinating. So yeah, super cool. But we meet all these gods, and they basically take control of their avatars, and they vote on Hathor. They summon Hathor. Hathor tells them that Mark is basically. Or they summon like, Harrow, right? He, he does. Yeah, they summon. Yeah, they summon Harrow, and he like tells. Oh, I'm not looking for uh, what uh, Amit or whatever the name yeah, is. Yeah, like and so yeah. they start questioning. <laughs> it was a little weird. <laughs> they start, so <laughs> like, this is where I want to break down first because we see the yeah. the Ennead, uh, and they're in the the inside yeah. of the Pyramid of Giza, which I thought was a really fun mm-hmm. device. Um, and it's kind of like goes full circle to what we were talking about in our first podcast of the little girl putting like gum in the fake yeah. pyramid model. And he's like, yeah, there's, exactly. there's something yeah. surprising. Oh, so, I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's That's like we're, so we're seeing these like kind of like pseudo plant and payoffs. But so we have these avatar, these people who are the avatars of these Egyptian deities. Yeah. And they have this like whole like hearing about like it's Khonshu, Mark slash Stephen as Khonshu basically. Mm-hmm. Pointing the finger at Harrow, saying, that, "Hey, he's trying to bring Amit back. Like we, like we need to bring, yeah. like we need to stop him. He's clearly like breaking the rules. Amit's going to bring a ton of destruction. Mm-hmm. None of the gods believe Khonshu. Obviously, Khonshu's like the yeah. he's the redheaded stepchild. Like they don't mm-hmm. respect him. He's already been like banished. But yeah, I'm what I want to like talk about is, I guess, trying to understand the scale and the scope of who these deities are. Because if if they are just human mm-hmm. avatars, but they also have like." embellished with like super, some supernatural yeah. abilities mm-hmm. from these deities, mm-hmm. then I understand that them being easily duped, but it seems like, and I don't think it's going to be explained in the show. It might be, but mm-hmm. if, if we, they are having these conversations with these giant deities, like Assis and Tefnut and Osiris and Hathor, yeah. uh, yeah, and Horus, really how are they being <laughs> so easily duped by Hera? That's what I was thinking. Like none of them thought like, Oh, let me just check. Like they 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 obviously summoned him, so they knew where he was. Yeah. They knew who he was. With. And you see, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. don't know if like maybe this is too inside baseball. But like maybe mm-hmm. can Conchu only follow Mark? So is he only like tied to like? 
but it seems like Khonshu can I just go around so. wherever he wants because he's yeah, a god. I don't know. Yeah. So it's like I, I have no idea. I th- maybe maybe it's something where like their perspective is locked to their avatar. Like they're not omniscient. They yeah. only understand things from the perspective of the avatar. They clearly they aren't so, omniscient like, because it's like Harrow's gaslighting the them all, them, yeah. and like they so easily yeah. believe the conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it also. I mean, that that also begs the question: Is did the entire world see the sky go dark, or was that just in Egypt? You know, was it like a great question? It, I mean, I, it would th- you would think yes, yeah. considering that he moved the moon in front of the sun. But, but we like, did we that, did see yeah. the shot uh, at the end of the episode, and we'll get there momentarily. Of when. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Steven because he's in the Mr. Knight costume and Concho are moving yeah. the moon. Like in the, it reminds yes. me of like, remember when we were kids and you played Pocket God and you can play with the sky? Yeah. And they're like scrolling through the sky. I was getting those yeah. vibes. But it, it also I was also thinking of like when Superman would like, yes. like you know, go around oh, the world absolutely. and like turn back time. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a way better comparison. <laughs> yeah. But there, there was a shot of, of people in Cairo who are looking up at the sky. Yeah, they're seeing And it, so. I, I don't want to get too far into a tangent but this gets into the funny like conversation of what it means to be a normal person in the marvel universe yeah because in the comics now because you've had decades of stories like there's been like more like memes and jokes of like Mm -hmm. it kind of sucks to be living as a normal person in Marvel because it's like you know if we're looking at the mcu continuity there was just a giant uh celestial that just appeared in the sky that came out of the earth oh yeah it seems like every other week now there's some like end of the world Something destruction. Something going to happen. Yeah. You'd think you'd probably get really numb to it. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. Like, I guess school's closed <laughs> tomorrow. Work. There's a celestial yeah. that came out of the ground. All right. It's like a snow day. Avenger day. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, attention class, we're going to be taking an Airshem day because he is yeah. <laughs> uh, out of the crust of the planet. Um, <laughs> but back, so back to these deities, I think we're going to see a little yeah. bit more of them. We did get, I think, the most notable mm-hmm. avatar was the Horus avatar. Uh, I think her character's name is Yatzel. She's played by Diana uh, Berman. Or do you mean Hathor? Or was it Hathor Horus or Horus? Horus was the guy that I think it was the, the main guy, guy that like, stopped him from hitting him. You think, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right, it was Hathor. About? I'm getting my H's confused. Yeah. But so the yes. Hathor avatar, her character's name was mm-hmm. uh, Yatzel, played by Diana Bermade, and it mm-hmm. seemed like she had, uh, at least uh, Hathor had a relationship with Khonshu. And so... She kind yeah, of they seem to, she, yeah. she kind of propels our plot forward. So what were you gonna say? Devin? Yeah, she does. Oh no, nothing. I was gonna say yeah. She's like the goddess of music and love. Something? I I think love, yeah. but I don't think they said music and love. I think it was music and like something else within the same that similar realm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they, she would like play her instrument for a concert. Yeah, whatever. Apparently, this, this yeah. reminded me, and I, I put a note here of like. I, I grew up reading, like, I had, like, an encyclopedia of Egyptian, uh, like, the mm-hmm. Pantheon, but I've, truthfully, I've lost a lot of that. I just haven't kept yeah. retained that. It's a, it's a complicated it, one, It is too. very complicated. I grew up, Rick Riordan, who is the author of... Um, yeah, of course. Percy the Jackson. Percy Jackson series did this other side spinoff book the called King The Cain Chronicles, Chronicles, which is all about Egyptian mm-hmm. mythology. And I read the first book. It was called The Red Pyramid, and, like, Set was the villain of that one. But th- Oh, yeah, I remember. Rewatching this show has just been making me think of that a lot, which, yeah, uh, which has been like, a fun little thing. All the Egyptian stuff, it's super cool. So, um, but back to the, yeah. to Hathor's avatar Yatzel. So she has this side yes. conversation with Steven <clears throat> after the trial does not go well. Basically, Khonshu yeah. embarrasses himself. They all believe Harrow. And she mm-hmm. says, okay, if this is true and Harrow's trying to find Amit, then I believe you and this is going to be incredibly dangerous. So it's okay if you don't have the scarab. Uh, there's another thing that you can go find. Yeah. And basically, there is a sarcophagus of this uh, man named Senfu. And apparently on the sarcophagus, if you can find it, last seen, maybe discussed in the black market, uh, there's going to mm. be a clue to Amit's location. 
Yes. So Mark starts looking, and this is when we when Layla finally catches up with Mark again, yeah. and they uh, they make their way to. They find out that there's this man uh, named Anton yes. Mogard that Layla knows who yes. is in possession of the sarcophagus. That's the, and we get into mm-hmm. the third act of the episode um, where we kind of go to Anton Mogard's, like, I guess, like, estate. Um, before we, we touch on the character and the actor, one thing that was interesting was there, a, there was a dialogue drop of Madripoor. I don't know if you clocked that. Uh, I didn't clock it, but I was reading about it afterwards. Yeah. And the last time we saw um, Madripoor was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. And that, when they visited I'm glad they brought it up because I was like, I'm getting Madripoor vibes of like, you know, like mm-hmm. you have these black it market vendors similar, yeah. buying these like, you know, off the market yeah. things, very dangerous Art, people. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we saw that connection. Uh, and then yeah. we are introduced to Anton Mogard, played by the late famous French actor Gaspard mm-hmm. Uliel. Apologies if we're, if we're mispronouncing that. Um, but yeah, it seems like he has this, he had this, pr- uh, previous relationship with Layla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it seems like they probably either, I can't, I didn't really clock romantic, but like, it seemed like they definitely were. Yeah. Like they've worked point. before in the past. Yeah. And, it, and, and they have different ethics about yeah, it. Yeah. And, it, and, uh, I can't, I, I should have written down, wrote down the, the exact like sport that he's playing. He's playing with a lot of spears. Yeah. I, yeah, it was really cool. I didn't know. I, I've never seen that. That was a good before. show. Don't tell example mm-hmm. of like, this is a very physical, dangerous man without being yeah. like, Oh, he's a physical, dangerous man. Up on a horse. But, and I like I like the line where he's like, Oh, so he just has, he just watches private games or plays private games in the backyard. And she's like, no, he's getting trained by the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we, then we get to this really interesting sequence of it's still Mark driving the body so to speak. Yeah. And he's having this conversation with Steven, like, okay, let Steven in. Like this is Steven's expertise. Mm-hmm. And I, th- yeah, it was really, yeah, it was awesome to see like now they all have, they kind they have roles in how they do things. Like Mark is the, uh, not the aggressive one, but he's like the, he's the skilled hand to hand combat. Of, he's like, the charger. Yeah. He charges forward. And Steven is the smarts, the brains. Yeah. The and Mark's the one who's going to be for the, on the whole, keeping them alive. Like in terms of like, they're in these, yeah. da- these dangerous situations, but Steven, he, yeah, you, he, they need each other. And I think this is where we're getting yeah. this, I think in episode three, while while this episode was more plot driven than character driven of the first two episodes, yeah. and truthfully, I loved 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 the first two episodes. Um, mm-hmm. This episode, I still really enjoyed, but I wasn't as strong on, and I think it was because that's fair. This episode, it felt like, it felt yeah. like a fetch quest of like, okay, yeah, and it also felt to me like it was meant to be like a movie, and it got turned into an episode. Does that make sense? I hear what you're saying. Like the entire journey yeah. of like, okay, in first act, like we, we go. there's a lot of jumps. There's a lot of big jumps. Like yeah. we jump from the first thing with Mark with the knives, and then we jump to we jump to the trial really yeah. quick. Yeah, and then we jump to Layla, and then we jump like we meet Layla in like a, a market, and then like two seconds later they're on a boat and it's night. Yeah, so it just felt like there's a lot of like little pieces missing. I agree with you there. I do like a lot of the it, I. It felt like also also what I thought was funny was this was our parallel episode to the first episode mm. where the first episode was Steven with Mark inside and this one was Mark with Steven. And inside. yeah, you brought up last week on the podcast yeah. how the next two episodes are going to be very Mark centric and you're on the money yep. for this episode. And I was I was on the you're money on and the money I think I'm it. still on the money for the next one too. Yeah. Um, so and so at the, oh, just to, yeah. to, to type the episode before we go into our full thoughts, um, mm-hmm. basically he doesn't let Steven take over, but he gets like a star mm-hmm. map to, to find the constellation yeah. that's going to be able to point to you. Um, its tomb, another hard yep. cut, like what we're talking about. They're now in the desert. They're getting followed by some people. Um, but they realize that they, when Steven does take over, Mark is able to give him that control. 
She's able to reassemble yeah. the pieces of the map and find the right constellation. Problem mm -hmm. is, is that the the stars that they have do not line up with the current star alignment in the sky. Yeah. So Conchie makes this, this big sacrifice with the help of Steven as Mr. Knight, and they basically move the sky. And it seems like it's an illusion, but everyone can see it, which then prompts the mm. Ennead, Ennead uh, to then basically cast Conchu in stone. So I think Mark yeah, and Steven have now yeah. lost their mystical powers. Their powers. That's what it seemed yeah. to me, at least. They've lost, the, yeah, it appears to be so. They've, like, lost the suit. They, they, they lost the suit. And what makes me excited yeah. going into episode four, and as we talked about in the beginning of this podcast back in the first mm -hmm. episode, is the showrunners were really excited to show people off what this fourth episode's going to be about. Yeah, that's, that's what I, it's been Because it seems like the it. stakes are now raised. Because yeah, definitely. for those that don't know in the comics... While Mark Spector has some, like, he can heal quickly because of the suits, mm -hmm. the scale to that in this show seems, like, insane. Like, he's getting literally yeah, stabbed like he gets through shot, the chest he gets, with yeah. spears. He gets stabbed in the hand and is, like, fine afterwards. It reminds me a lot so. of, like, while well, we don't see the gore of it, but, like, Deadpool of, like, just very quickly regenerative. Yeah, no, definitely. That that fight on the field was a lot like that, like I would imagine. Yeah. Like, he breaks a dude's leg and he's stuff getting, like that. He gets totally. impaled and then he takes another guy and, like, stabs him through. Yeah. So, like, there was definitely some, like, yeah. a lot of great action in this mm -hmm. uh but when you have a character like that i think it comes back to like a superman conversation too of like if he can heal all the time what are the stakes yeah and usually yeah. you'll do and what they're doing in this show is that like okay layla is the stakes them. layla can't yeah. heal conchu's now still dangling this layla thread of like mm -hmm. i'm gonna um possess her. her next uh but now yeah. mark and steven don't have the suit and we're seeing mm -hmm. them slowly start working together and i think that's going to be yeah. a through line for the rest of the show is coming to peace with yourself with mark and steven working yep. together which yep. comes into the first theory which is becoming less of a theory it seemed like it, we're getting it it's it's pretty sad there so, is a yeah. third personality what is Definitely. going on everyone yes. I'm, i don't think it was like trending but like everyone's mm -hmm. talking about this jake Lockley figure. Yeah. Are they making Jake Lockley like a bad? Is Jake Lockley just a cold-blooded killer? Because they yeah. or something like that. I was also reading because in the comics, I know he's like the man on the ground, but he's also like a harder dude, isn't he? He's yeah, he, he, like he's he's the one like rough British. around the edges. He's a cab driver, and like yeah. he's the one on the streets. Yeah. He he's not the aloof yes. millionaire Steve yeah. Grant that is that that appears in the comics, yep. and he's not like yep. this like merchant for hire, this gun for hire, Mark Grant, who mm -hmm. like travels all around the world. He's the guy in the city, in the grime, on the streets, mm -hmm. getting the, the real stories from the people. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you saw, but okay, so like, I, I think they've also been hinting it to us like the entire time. Cause I don't know if you saw the posters. So there's the three posters of Mr. Knight, Moon Knight and Mark Spector. Yeah. Mark Spector, Mark Spector right? in quotes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, now you look at it and you're like, oh, that's the third one. Like 100, like I, I so think they were setting that up. Cause like, right. It's like they have like the two in the back one and the third up front, but it's all the three different Moon yes. Knight like versions has to be. I totally think that that's and when the like they were going to see When the show character. came out initially and they were still doing a mm -hmm. lot of the marketing and publicity, they were saying, think Raiders of the Lost Ark meets Fight Club. And I think we're now getting into this conversation of like, okay, and with Fight Club, like you have Edward Norton's mm -hmm. character without spoiling seen fight club fight club's a great movie yeah i know there's memes of it like on guys college yeah. dorm room posters like the oh, movie's yeah. a meme i wrote an essay on yeah that. it's like every like <laughs> film bro like oh fight club's so good regardless mm. we're getting into the the three posters that what devin brought up is that people thought that this is mark specter because it's a guy in a white hood and he's been wearing that yeah. hood a few times in the show and it goes mm. back to my point of the i think there's two options here it's one we either haven't seen Jake Lockley at all yet, and it's like we his actions of like basically murdering those people, 
like that was cut away from the show. The first time. Or another option is we've been seeing a few scenes where we think that we're seeing Mark, but yeah, it's Steve. But it's Jake. Or, or you mean Jake? It's Jake, yeah, sorry. No, There's, yeah, I, I was like, Steve. Somebody. No, it's, you're right, it's Jake <laughs> Yeah, so many names. So maybe yeah, when they were no, in the I car, agree. he puts the hood back on, and it's not like a magical yeah. property like the other ones. But like mm-hmm. maybe another visual motif is when he puts that white mm-hmm. hood on. The hoodie, mm-hmm. and he's, also, he's lying to Layla in the car. Layla's like, I think yeah, you're hiding yeah. something from me. And on that thread, another, I think it's less of a theory and a plot point we're going to be getting is, I think, Mark, mm-hmm. Jake, Steve, so many names that we're juggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something that's going on with Layla's father. In the passing of yeah. Layla's father as an archaeologist mm-hmm. that maybe when we Some when we heard time. about that execution-style killing from Harrow's mm-hmm. men earlier... That that was a thing. That maybe maybe the guy who was killed execution style was Layla's father. And regardless of whether or not Mark actually was the one yeah. to pull the trigger, Mark may have been in the room and knows something that he's never mm. told his late or his yeah, his estranged wife. So yeah. I was also seeing uh, the end scene from the second episode where he's like chilling shirtless on the bed, like drinking a bottle. Yeah. Right, I was seeing that that one is actually Jake too, and that's not it. Mark. Really, because can like, because we don't know. Because Mark, yeah, it also doesn't feel like like Mark is too like okay. We need to be preparing, getting ready. He wouldn't be like chilling out, drinking a bottle, yeah. you know. Like that's a little intense. Like that doesn't feel right up Mark's alley. It feels more like the guy who asked at the girl at the yeah. uh, at the museum and then killed a whole bunch of people and then decided to drink a bottle. That's not that that works more in my for head. people who play D and D out there. Um, what's what Jake Lockley reminds me a lot of is a chaotic neutral. Or like he, yeah. he's an agent of chaos or maybe a chaotic lawful. But like it seems like there is these different alignments between moral alignments mm-hmm. of, of Steve and Mark. And that's been one of the, the through lines throughout the entire show is like trying to come mm-hmm. to peace with each other and come to peace with yourself. And they're using the device yeah. of dissociative identity disorder to a lesser extent to explain that. But now you have this agent of chaos that I think we're going to be getting maybe in the fourth, fifth and sixth yeah. episodes as the second half yeah. of the show begins. What's going to go on with that? Um mm-hmm. I think that'll be the big reveal next episode. I, I think there will be. I would think that's gonna how they're how they're gonna end it. And then I'm re I'm rehashing my theory. It's two episodes for each personality. <laughs> do you think we're gonna get? You initially pitched to me that first two episodes with Steven, episodes mm-hmm. uh, three and four are gonna be Mark, and then episodes mm-hmm. five and six are gonna be Moon Knight. Are you gonna bridge that back to Moon Knight, or do you think it's gonna be Jake Lockley? I think it's gonna be a combo of the yeah. two because I I don't think there's enough to just there's set not up enough runtime I think deep yeah. in yeah no that that wouldn't work but I do think it, we're going to be using that personality more like we're gonna see all three of them together finally like I think that's the point they're just building each one yeah uh, it, step by step I really am very very excited for this fourth episode uh, I've seen yeah I am too I, I'm gonna be trying to go in as blind as possible like they always yeah. do a lot of TV spot promos but I just don't want to see the footage I, yeah, I'm in, I'm not watching any TV spots while yet. I wasn't as hot on this episode and I still really enjoyed mm-hmm. it because I, I I think yeah. I'm more of just like a character driven guy and this episode was mm-hmm. very plot driven of like we got to yeah. go to a to, to get the thing to go to B mm-hmm. to get the thing to go to C to get the thing to get, end the episode at D um yeah um Hmm. And then lastly, um, back to, before we go into our final theories, um, just discussing Anton Mogard, which is uh, the character played by mm-hmm. Gaspard Uliel. He sadly passed away in January in a horrible skiing accident. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, if they were going to like continue that thread later on of the character. Yeah. So in the comics, so Gas- the actor Gaspard Uliel played a character called Anton Mogard, uh, who's Midnight mm-hmm. Man in the comics. This episode, yeah. there was not a QR code. But if you go back to the mm-hmm. same websites that you scan the QR codes in episode one and episode two, there was a new issue this week. And it was the, mm. it was Moon Knight uh, issue number three from the 1980 run. Mm-hmm. And that's the debut of Midnight Man. 
Interesting. And so yeah, they did a, yeah they did a lot of fun like homages too. I don't know if you saw like like there's a shot of Kanchu on the clock and it's at midnight. I didn't. Like That's that. a great. And, I'm glad you brought that up. And there's a and I was reading another thing about like how he he has like a really like weird cloak in the comics I think or mm-hmm. something, and there's a line where Mark is like nice cloak when he puts on like the whatever the hell it's yeah. called like the. Yeah, so they did a couple of things like that. And what I also thought was super interesting about how they handled it um, was they had him, they obviously have him like right off into the mist yeah. after getting hit by Moon Knight's thing. In the comics, if I remember incorrectly, Midnight Man gets disfigured by Moon Knight. Yeah, there's like and a that, runoff that's like and a, it like horribly disfigures yes, him. And yes, and I'm, I'm curious if that's why they had him like go off in the distance and then get hit by the thing. Cause obviously he got struck. He so got struck like in the back by, face by the spear. Yeah. Or well, it was like, I don't know where he got hit though. Cause True. he just kind of like, did it go into the back? I couldn't, I didn't see I, it. Maybe it did I think it did hit back, him in the back but, of the shoulder and he drove off okay. on, on horseback. If I'm going to be honest with you, Devin, I'll be honest with the audience is I, I, I don't know too much about midnight man, but I yeah. did do is I read that first, that issue of his first introduction yeah. So in the comics, he was like a, um, uh, he was leaving letters for Mark's, for, for Moon Knight in like the newspaper mm. of like, you can't yeah. like try to catch me. Like he, and he was like a thief where like he'd strike at midnight. Yeah, he was a he'd big steal, jewel. Like or, yeah, he would thief. Yeah. Uh, expensive wares. And I think the through line that you yeah. see in the Marvel Studios depiction is he's got like a nice taste for he's these a, things. He's, a, and he's acquiring them off yeah, the black and he, market. He does still, he steals the artifacts. Yeah. He still kind of does. And, I mean, maybe not stealing, but he buys them on the black market. No, so. exactly. But he's more of like yeah. a, a Catwoman burglar type beat in, yeah. in the comic. Mm-hmm. And then he gets hired. Anton Mogard actually hires Mark Spector or hires Stephen Grant. He's like, hey, I think you know a guy named Mark Spector who may be able <laughs> to help you. I want to hire you to protect my artifacts from Midnight Man. But what no in the issue at this point it hasn't been revealed yet that Mark Spector Mark didn't know that Anton Mogard was Midnight Man was Midnight and then of course later in the comic they have this big brawl and they fight and he reveals that yeah uh, that he is uh, the Midnight he Man is who he is. and it, it, later yeah. on the character gets disfigured and then I think he comes back later on like just throughout the he, he becomes another recurring yeah. villain for for Moon Knight and he does follow mm-hmm. that similar design trope within comics of it's like take the character but change the color palette a little bit so it's like yeah, he's got the yeah, hood yeah. it's like if <laughs> Moon Knight is white the character is like another similar design to Moon Knight but he's all black like he's mm-hmm. the, the night of yeah. the color of midnight um, so I, I don't I really don't know I don't I'm not sure if they're gonna recast I, overall I, I, I don't think they will think I imagine they will that they'll just leave it be like that it's um, just such, it's such a sad situation and like he, maybe yeah maybe we'll get references because he is he's like he's important within like it seems like they were setting him up as being like one of the not big ones but like one of the big black market dealers so I wouldn't be surprised if like we go back to Winter Soldier or Falcon and the Winter Soldier and like when we're dealing with more Madripoor stuff they could name drop drop yeah name drop Anton Mogard I'm sure I'm sure that will happen or like maybe they'll be like oh did you hear what happened to Anton Mogard because like Moon Knight obviously got to them or you know like stuff like that yeah I could see that but yeah I agree I don't think they'll set anything up and I don't think mm, mm, if we do see it, it would be a, like it would be he would be in costume. Yeah, that's the only. Other that's way a good point. Go, yeah. They could make him another like a costume character. I I, th- I really genuinely see Marvel Studios handling the situation with grace and like it's just sad. Like so, yeah. I who yeah, knows if sad. we'll see the character again. Good. But mm-hmm. what what is nice yeah. is that like apparently so I I'm not super familiar with Gaspard Ulliel, but he's very famous in France. So like he did mm-hmm. a lot of like yeah. domestic French films there. But this mm-hmm. was going to be his first big introduction to like more like mm. domestic U.S. Yeah, audiences. Yeah. And, like, for a project, like, something for Marvel Studios, you know, like, that's a global scale. Like, there's so many yeah, eyes on it. It's just, yeah. It's, it's such, yeah, a, it's such a shame. Well, 
Um, so before we close up uh, the conversation of Moon, I have one more theory I want to pitch to you. Mm-hmm. And sure, so go going it. back to the Aeneid of like, we're seeing more deities. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought up that Panther God um, connection because right? I just saw Isn't Black cool? Panther again this week. And the, yeah, exactly. We were talking about You see about the Panther like, God in the know? introduction of the, of, the, of the, in the movie, but then also in the Panther yeah. plane later on. There are so many yeah. deities within the Marvel mythos. And you could, mm-hmm. sometimes people put the Eternals on that scale, but it seems like they've changed them here. But we, at least mm-hmm. in Marvel Studios canon, you have the biggest ones are the Norse gods because we've had an entire trilogy yeah. of Thor films about the Norse gods. They're aliens, but um, people yeah. saw them as, on Earth and they thought that they were gods. What we're going to be mm-hmm. getting later this year is another introduction to the Greek pantheon um, in, in a project right. that we're going to be seeing. And now we have the Panther God. We also now have this, the Egyptian deities. Mm-hmm. Here's what we do know, Devin. What we do know is that this July, Thor Love and Thunder is coming out, and the villain of the movie is Gore the God Butcher. Oh, yeah. Played by Christian Bale. Oh, I was... And don't all the gods get so killed a lot, in the in comics, comics the Jason yeah. Aaron... Jason Aaron run of the mighty Thor from 2014. And we're going to be doing a whole comic book deep dive on that run uh, as we gear up closer Mm. to Thor Four, Thor love and thunder. But um, Gore, the God butcher in the comics, he's this from this alien planet and it's like desolate. They're running out of like just resources and like his, his entire like species is starving and dying. The children are dying. And Mm -hmm. in like there, they have like that uh, in agrarian culture of like, they pray to the gods for rain, but rain doesn't come. And at some points, and I got to continue reading the run because it is widely acclaimed. Gore realizes the gods are real. And if the gods are real, yeah. why do they not help his people? Helping? So he, in his, he's the, one of the last of his people. He gets th- this thing called the Necro Sword, which is also yeah. tied to the Venom continuity. Be- yes, I was going to ask. It's, it's the guy. It's the sword that the original Venom yeah, guy Noel. has. That's right? K-N-U-L-L. Yeah, Noel. Yeah. And I think, I'm pretty sure Noel is going to be within the Sony I think it's a, I think it's a Venom. Madam Web. So I don't know what's going to happen with Null, but the Necro Sword, we do see in, in current like toys that have been, like pictures that have just come up online that he's holding the sword. I don't know what's going to be. It may just be an unnamed sword or maybe they have an agreement with Sony. Or they'll give it a different origin or something. But yeah, so he's this powerful sword that can kill gods. And so if we're adding all these new characters, the, the, this new pantheon of Egyptian mm. deities that are going to be, they're real in this universe. Yeah. I... I what I don't think is we're not going to, of course, see anything Khonshu. We're not going to see anything Moon Knight. But maybe no. if he's going to be killing some gods, Osiris maybe he kills an Egyptian something. deity or two to, to yeah, really raise I the stakes. That. But that wraps yeah. up our conversation on Moon Knight, uh, Moon Knight Episode 3. Um, Devin, it's been another busy week. We've released the podcast. Yeah. Has there been anything that you've watched this week that you'd like to recommend? Um, so... I will. I want to shout out Atlanta. Oh, I gotta FX. watch Atlanta. Um, yeah, I've heard great things. The I think the fourth or fifth episode came out this week. It was really good. good. I really enjoyed it. It's been a great season so far. It's got me going back and rewatching the first and second I season. I gotta get into that. Um, really good. And then uh, my second mm-hmm. one, which I think, which is kind of funny, is uh, there's a new Kardashian show. I'm Devin. <laughs> Devin, I'm getting close to the mic. And I've kind of gotten into Devin, Devin, Devin. It's kind of really funny. Devin. Um, I don't know. It's just like I'm kind of excited for next Friday now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I get Atlanta and I get Kardashians on Fridays now. So that's I'm so that's sighing. all I'm saying. I'm sighing on the mic. <laughs> hey, I at I, the end of the day, I, I'm happy like, you're happy. But yeah. I had like an internal narrative yesterday. I saw a bus ad for the Kardashians. I'm like, I'm just whatever. 
I get it. I get it. It's they just know, like, hey, they know how to market themselves. Yeah, and also I'm just like, I just want to like, what the like, what what the heck's going on with these people? Like, like, and it also okay. What's actually really fucking cool about this first episode? Well, not cool, but what's insane yeah. about this first episode is that if you watch it and you compare it to the first episode of the original Kardashian series, they are almost identical. They 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 like they. Are go you referencing through, like, the Kardashian through? cinematic universe, the KCU? Oh yeah, no 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 yeah yeah. It, it but like to a point where like they have a barbecue, and somebody doesn't get invited, and somebody freaks out, and uh, Kim, there's a thing about Kim's tape comes up, and that comes up, and like the whole family's arguing about that, and like all these all these things. So it's like that a return to form of the first. It's so that had yes, to have been intentional. Oh, definitely. But it's just so interesting because they like they were like, this is a whole new series. It's like the Kardashians in a new yeah. like that was like the whole it's, thing. It's called just it's just called the Kardashians. It's just called the just called the Kardashians. E, but it's just funny keep, that they keeping yeah. up with the Kardashians. They own yeah, that yeah, name. yeah. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. They just they, it's just funny that they market it that way. And then the first episode is literally a like, beat for beat. It's almost like yes, it's like they took the beat sheet from the original yeah. one and just reused. That's it fascinating. Here. It's it's hilarious. I I don't know. It, I'm just interested. Uh, can't deny they got a huge audience and they. Yeah, I'm so curious. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm just yeah, curious. Hey, I get it. I understand the right curiosity. <laughs> um, so, okay, my recommendation this week, I'm going to be annoying and I'm not recommending a movie or a TV show. I'm recommending the Academy Museum. It's here in Los Angeles. There you go. <laughs> if you are in LA or you're visiting or traveling to LA, um, go check out the Academy Museum. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, this is a franchise dressing reveal is that I used my USC, I've graduated from USC. I used my student ID to get a discounted ticket, but like, they didn't check. <laughs> hey, it was student tickets for 15 bucks. I went with my housemate yeah. and I. And you still got a year after you graduate, I think, to use it. Although, are you a past year? No, I, I it'll be in May, so we're about to hit the year point. Yeah. But you're good. You're I have good. to you're say, good. Devin, I know you, when you visited LA, you saw it as well. Yeah. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved the I was so impressed. Exhibit. It's right next to yeah. LACMA, and um, yeah. there's so many beautiful exhibits. I have a few I just want to shout out, because on the second sure. floor, they go into the crafts of filmmaking, and they do this really yeah, smart that one's approach. Really fun. And on, on the whole, globally from the, the entire museum, the set design and the lighting and the sound design, mm-hmm. you can tell that it was done so expertly. It was just like, it, oh, could, yeah. it was done by people who have a love for film and filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And in the second floor, they do an entire floor dedicated to different exhibits for different crafts and they do this smart approach of highlighting a craft by also highlighting a specific person within that craft and showing their their filmography and their line of work so they for director of photography for cinematography their exhibit it was highlighted by emmanuel lubeski and he did the revenant a few years ago he also lit um birdman um, mm-hmm. And so it, it went through his whole experience and it showed some of his still photography behind the scenes on, on The Revenant. Yeah. Um, they had a whole thing for editing and it was done by Thelma Schoon- Schoonmaker who edited. Yeah, that was in like the first room with like they had like the original editing. Yes, machine the original like editing that. machine and was there. And it was so cool. Like I didn't I didn't know all this stuff about like how editing was a way for women to enter I'm the so film glad space. you brought that I up that because was, it, I was so yeah. I was like wow like wow that's such an interesting like, early yeah early kind of toxic sucky, Hollywood, Hollywood history, filmmaking yeah. they're like okay yeah. women have smaller hands and before and they can yeah, before digital <laughs> editing there's this giant machine yeah. that Devin just brought up and it's literally you they're literally literally cutting the film that's where the term came from yeah and like cutting and sewing it they're together. cutting and reattaching the film to put the scenes together mm-hmm. I have learned very brief editing a lot I've learned from Devin, uh, but like on Premiere and a little bit on Avid, mm-hmm. and I'm 
horrible at Avid. I'm better at Premiere. Avid is hard. But um, Avid in Avid's the industry standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, is. Yeah. I understand. But the, the old machine of cutting physical film, I can't even wrap my head around. It's crazy. No, I need to And insane. I think there were people who would literally have their blood on, on the film. Like, it'd be, like they'd be yeah. cutting their fingers accidentally trying to get that done. It's crazy. It was super what, cool. And they had all these cool artifacts. They had like the Bruce Lee The Bruce Lee exhibit was phenomenal. I It makes mm-hmm. me want to go back and see a lot of the Bruce Lee movies I haven't done. Yeah. But I grew up watching a ton yeah. of Hong Kong kung fu movies with my dad. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you can just tell that there was a love of filmmaking. And, and one thing, and I get it for people out there, for or 10 listeners of the first two episodes, but <laughs> but if you are interested and you, you're coming up to LA and, mm-hmm. and you want to do something, I, I do really highly recommend the Academy yeah, Museum, even it. if you it's don't great. like the Academy and you think they have so many cool costumes. Oh, the let's costume get, so the was costuming was phenomenal. They have some oh of the my Black God. Panther costumes for our Marvel yeah, fans. They have the Midsummer, Midsummer dress. dress. They have so they cool. have two really beautiful speeches that they highlight. One was the production designer from Black Panther. And I'm yeah. so sorry. I cannot remember her name right now. But there was also Ruth E. Carter, who is the costume designer mm-hmm. for Black Panther. And her, and they have her speech on play, on like playback. And her oh, speech yeah. is so well done. It is like, it, you can just tell that mm-hmm. this was like a summation of her career. Yeah. And awesome. seeing the Okoye costume up close, you can see why mm-hmm. it won an Academy Award. There's so much detail. The attention yeah. to detail, it the is- midsummer dress. It is beautiful. Yeah. They have the the one of the Elton John costumes from Rocket Man. They have the mm-hmm. dude from Big Lebowski. They have a spacesuit from Interstellar. Yeah. That's great. There was a whole makeup and costuming yeah. section, and they went into Dolomite Is My Name, a movie mm-hmm. that I still need to see. But they were talking about yeah. all the different makeup effects that they did for Eddie Murphy, and that was his mm-hmm. big return back to movies. That was before yeah. he did well, Coming yeah. to America. Oh, yeah, and they had all of the different wigs and A lot stuff, of right? wigs and a like, lot of yeah. Eddie Murphy movies back in the day. He did so many like different like suits. And like he'd wear so many different costumes and yeah. makeup and play so many different characters in his it was movies. Super cool. Did you see my favorite? One of my favorite rooms too was that room that had like the from the audition card. The casting that had like the one with like, yes. like they, yeah, it was like the Scarlett Johansson like she's gonna be a or like it, yeah, was, it was Matthew so McConaughey cool. and they, they showed his yeah, tape was, like, from Days and Confused. Yeah. And I'm so glad you yeah. brought that up because my housemate was said that was one of her favorite exhibits. And they have the cards of mm-hmm. all these people. They had like Willem Dafoe, Selma Hayek. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Scarlett, Scarlett I think Scarlett Johansson. You had Matthew McConaughey. I think Margot Robbie was on there, maybe. And, and on the, Matthew McConaughey's card, this is before he's famous. He's like he's literally mm-hmm. a kid. The, yeah. the the casting director says he's going to be a star. Like she could yeah, just tell crazy. in the tape. Yeah, it's My, cool. the last big highlights. Yeah. I want to I want to highlight. Number one was. Um, there was a whole exhibit for Oscar Michaud. Apologies if I'm mispronouncing the name, but he was a black, he was one of the first black filmmakers ever. And what cool. was so interesting to me and a thing that I was honestly personally disappointed with was having come out of taking a ton of film classes from SCA at mm-hmm. USC, like with, with, I mean, they're like, these are big film schools, but I had never even heard his name. And he, like, he was like literally one of the first out of the gate filmmakers. And there's a whole exhibit that I hadn't even like heard about this guy. And that, that was, yeah. that was, I was just so glad that they had an exhibit for him. The Miyazaki exhibit on the fourth floor, you can't That's take any pictures cool. or videos, but it is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The three, you see all of so many of his original, you sketches. see his original so sketches, cool. how he got started at Toei animation. Mm-hmm. They go into the whole rise of how studio Ghibli was created and how he used to like animate yeah. for some manga and how he adapted that for his yeah. TV series into his first movies. Um, Super cool. And then uh, that was so beautiful. Truthfully, the, I've only seen three Studio Ghibli movies, which is Spirited Away, yeah. My Neighbor Totoro, and Princess mm-hmm. Mononoke. 
Same. And yeah. you don't need to have seen the movies to appreciate the exhibit, but I wish I'd seen even more yeah. going into the yeah, exhibit. Yeah, I, I, went, I went back and I watched uh, Spirited Away. Yeah. The final exhibit I want to highlight that I, I absolutely adored was the science fiction and pop culture exhibit. So, oh, yeah, like, right, I said all Devin that. and I are big sci-fi guys, and seeing mm-hmm. R2-D2, C-3PO, The Terminator, Alien, um, cool. Batman Returns. Yeah, the old Batman stuff, yeah. Like, there the, were so many, like, just beautiful designs in there. Uh, of like, just like, honestly, like these pop Super culture, cool. like touchstones, like these were literally cornerstones yeah. of science fiction. And there's this, they had the head from shape of water. They, they had, had the like creature from shape of head. water in there. A lot of great Guillermo del Toro work, a lot of great Tim Burton work. You got to see some of his miniatures from Batman Returns. Yeah. So go check it out. The Academy Museum. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and yeah, student tickets are only $15. If you're a recent college alum, bring that student ID yeah. because hell yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> lastly, uh, our final, we're going to do another question. Like we brought up at the beginning of the podcast, email in at franchise dressing at gmail.com. That's F R A N C H I S E D R E double S I N G at gmail.com. Uh, to ask us a question about the podcast. So Theo asked a question and I think it was a little facetious, but who knows? So mm-hmm. he says, <laughs> Devin, he says, do you think Marvel will ever take dark creative risks like DC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're kind of, I mean, we've seen a little bit of dark stuff with the original Netflix shows and we're seeing it a little bit more now. Yes. Um, I, my I question think, to, to him, it, like, and I'd love, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't expand on it. Like, what does he mean by dark creative mm-hmm. risks? Does yeah, he mean the Snyderverse? Does he mean like the, the darker yeah. animated projects? Yeah, or like Titans. <laughs> or Titans, yeah. But yeah, which for whatever reason, it's culty. A lot of people like that show. Um, I I don't think we'll ever get dark like DC just because dark like DC was kind of like moody and uh, it just doesn't fit the, the tone. F- it's not the right connect. Yeah, it's, a, it's too different of a tone, but there's definitely a way that we can get darker within the similar same tone. Like even the Deadpool movies yeah. um, are darker, but within the same There's tone a, still that, like, a light. It's, There's like, everything's it's so, just comedy. You could inter- oh, integrate that into the Marvel unis- universe easily. Yeah. I think. Like that's those, like it's an easy I, one. I'm, I'm f- um, I, we have no idea, but when uh, Disney acquired yeah. 20th century Fox, now 20th century studios, mm-hmm. Bob Iger, the previous Disney CEO said like, yeah. we're going to be keeping Deadpool rated R. Like y- you keep yeah. what works. Um, yeah, so, but I do think uh, Kevin Foggy uh, yeah. said we're never going to see a rated R Marvel Studios project, but th- that was pre yeah. Deadpool in Fox acquisition. Yeah, yeah. What I will say, I, and this is coming from a huge fan of the MCU, like I love the continuity and I feel like the continuity and the little details are why fans keep coming back. But yeah. DC had an opportunity because there are so many different like, like continuities going on simultaneously that they could do a darker take. And there's there's a more adult show on HBO Max. It's the Harley Quinn animated series. And yes, that that show. And that great. is a darker creative risk. They 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 put their yeah. characters of like Batman and Joker, and they really like paint them in a different light. They don't like vilify yeah. them, but the shows from the POV of Harley Quinn getting out of yeah. a toxic relationship because it is a toxic relationship. Yeah, Joker's a horrible, horrible yeah. boyfriend. And her, yeah. she's a character who was created in the nineties in the Batman, the animated series mm-hmm. who would do anything for Joker, even though he was horrible to her, he'd literally beat her. Like he was a, yeah. like the Joker is a horrible person. And it was Harley mm-hmm. Quinn coming to terms in that show in the first season that yeah. he didn't love her. And it, the yeah. show is violent. It's, it's, it's bloody. They use a lot of F words like that. You're a lot of just like <laughs> F word. What am I saying? Yeah. DC had those opportunities to do those creative risks. And you have mm-hmm. a show like Peacemaker. That's super gory. Yeah. 
And one thing that was nice that I will say was some of the best Mm -hmm. parts of the Netflix series was a darker tone. That being said, what I want to end this podcast with is I'm seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of conversation online surrounding the show of Moon Knight, bringing it back to our conversation of of our title show. Mm-hmm. Of people being upset that there's not a lot of gore in this show, and that it's like, in that the show mm-hmm. isn't good because of the gore. It's not gore. I don't think mm-hmm. gore does not for me. Gore doesn't yeah. equal quality. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. It, gore done right can be quality, gore can be quality. Be and right, when you see yeah. in the Netflix shows, right? I don't think yeah. the Netflix shows are good because there's gore. Like you see, no, and they aren't even that. Like they're a little more. But I mean, you see, Kingpin literally like decapitate a guy with with a car door in the first season. That's true. That's true. But we're not getting to like hereditary. No, we're not getting that level where it's like you are feeling so uncomfortable and you're seeing the decapitation like in in light. And also, I'm like, how much do you want? Some dudes got like crushed by a by logs and like they broke the dude's leg in this one. That's like pretty. Comparable. It's comparable. I mean, obviously it's not as intense it's, as I will, I will totally thing, yeah. agree that the, the, the Netflix, I would say Moon Knight is a TV 13, TV 14 rated yeah. show. Well, Moon yeah. Knight, or it's in sorry. between. Moon Knight's TV 14. Daredevil is a TV mature show. Jessica Jones yeah, is a mature show. There's just full on like sex that's scenes fair. with Luke Cage, yeah. very dark yeah. themes of consent. And it, it, yeah. but in those shows are beautiful. And in mm-hmm. the comics, at least like when Je- Jessica Jones debuted her comic run yeah. alias was actually not initially in continuity. So like that whole story oh, of the that. purple man and her losing her free will because yeah. the purple man, his character was like anything he, he would say, someone would do. That was his power. Yeah. And he was incredibly abusive to Jessica Jones. And that's a very dark story that I don't mm-hmm. know if adapted currently right now within a Marvel Studios work, framework, yeah. how deep into those themes they could go. But And I think you had that awesome opportunity of the Netflix shows, while not perfect, because I think there was a lot of bloat with 13 hours of content. They still had a lot of really good stories. The first season of Jessica Jones being one of those with David Tennant's Purple Man and Kristen Ritter's performance. The first season of all of them is great, except for Iron Fist. But the other three are really, really good. The first season. So and and that comes into this question of do you think Marvel will ever take dark creative risks? I want to say yes. And I think they have. But I think I I would love to see... We have Charlie Cox coming back as Daredevil. We don't know where he's mm-hmm. coming next, but I think it's been confirmed yeah. we're going to see him come back somewhere. But I don't know. I, time will tell yeah. to answer your question, Theo. We'll see. Yeah. 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 Do you have any other closing thoughts on episode three of Franchise well, Dressing, Devin? Uh, I don't. We I mean, really I think did. We a lot of news today, a lot of discussion. We, we did deep today. A lot of fun stuff. Um, I'm excited for episode four, um, which will be coming, coming this Wednesday. Soon. Um, yeah. It's going to be, or the yeah. Wednesday after this. That's right. Out. It's not this Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. that's yes. correct. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I, yes, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's going to be a big episode. And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, Happy for listening, Easter. Guys. Happy Passover if you're practicing. If not, I just have a, I hope you're having a great yes. weekend. Have a nice weekend. Enjoy. It's the week. Oh, I guess Whenever it's the you week are listening. Now. But you know, thank enjoy you. Enjoy yourself. 